Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Radio Motherboard is brought to you by Casper. It's one perfect mattress made in the USA with free shipping, free returns, and 100 nights to try it in your own home. It's a radical new idea to actually sleep on a mattress to decide if you love it. Check it out at casper.com. You can use code VICE for $50 off any mattress. Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Adrienne Jeffries. I'm the managing editor of Motherboard, and thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. This week's episode is about an issue that hits close to home, the First Amendment, freedom of the press. It's about a high-profile lawsuit between the wrestler, former pro wrestler Hulk Hogan and the New York gossip lifestyle publication Gawker Media. Gawker includes websites such as Gawker.com, Deadspin, Jezebel, Lifehacker, you know it. So the case we're talking about is uh, about a sex tape, or rather it's about 101 seconds of grainy security camera footage of Hulk Hogan having sex with a woman named Heather Clem, who was the wife of Hogan's best friend, whose name is Bubba, the love sponge, Clem. So if you followed all that, Hulk Hogan has sex with Heather Clem, they tape it, or someone tapes it, and that tape gets leaked to Gawker in 2012. Gawker publishes a 101-second excerpt along with an article on Gawker.com written by A.J. Delario, and uh, this upset Hulk Hogan, and he sued the company for invasion of privacy, among other things, and now that case is headed to trial in Florida. When we actually started recording this podcast, the case was set for July 6th. That date has passed, and the case has been postponed. But we thought we would go ahead and talk to Maria Bustillos, who is the reporter who will be covering the trial when it happens for Motherboard, and Tommy Craggs, who is the executive editor of Gawker.com today. So now that you have the basic rundown of the case... Let's talk to Maria and Tommy about what this means for the First Amendment, for revenge porn, and for online publications everywhere. 
So Maria Bustillos is a freelance reporter who has been following the whole Hulk Hogan Gawker saga, and she will be headed to Florida to write about the proceedings for Motherboard once we get a new date for the trial. Maria? Hi, thanks so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. So you're going to be covering the trial for us. Now we know that the courtroom will be open to the public, which was kind of up in the air for a minute there. So we will be able to cover it, but now we just don't know when. Right. Although it's pretty certain, I think, that it won't be until sort of August, you know, late August, early September is probably the earliest sort of permissible by law scheduling. Gotcha. Um, so give me like the 10 second cocktail party rundown about what this case is about. Well, either Hulk Hogan is trying to punish Gawker for depicting him having sex for 101 seconds or else Hulk Hogan is trying to interest the public in naked pictures of him or at (laughs) least in talking or thinking about him or naked pictures of him in general. Um, right. Plus, plus, in either case, there's the question of money damages from Gawker. Right. It's a uh, hundred million dollars they're asking for. Yes, but you know the likelihood that there will be even the tiniest percentage of that is is pretty moot. It's it's not customary for like even huge, uh, you know, high profile movie stars to get anywhere near that kind of money. But anyway, right. what what interested you in this story? You've seen the tape, right? Yes, I have. I'm sadly having to say yes. <laughs> I, re- I remember when it came out and I sort of looked at it and then I sort of, I think I just got bored and clicked away. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just, it, it's this grainy little security f- camera footage. It's not like, there's nothing sort of romantic. It's like this mechanical kind of sad dude. And there's a, uh, it's, it looks to me really performative. Like, I mean, I was completely convinced that both parties knew they were being filmed. And because there's a certain awareness of like what the camera angle is, I thought. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's like this really sad kind of like cut price sex show. You know, it's like I don't know. I didn't. I, I didn't think it was the most entertaining thing I'd ever seen. But right. Right, and that was just the highlights. I know that was well. The thing is, the highlights were there to illustrate AJ Delario's. Uh, essay about Mm -hmm. other things you know about like our obsession with celebrities and and sex and how like you know this it gave the impression that what he really wanted to talk about is like we're all kind of animals and we all have sex and we look at each other have sex and it's all kind of weird and and sad and it doesn't matter how famous somebody is they're still sort of uh bound to the sort of physical limitations of of what we are as beasts you know so it, it was nothing uh, they weren't like, oh, this is sexy, look at this secret mm-hmm. thing. It was like, the highlights reel was just sort of um, proving his point, I guess you could right. say. Blowjobs are boring. Yeah. Um, so Gawker is arguing, obviously, that this is a First Amendment issue. Um, whatever you think of Gawker, uh, I happen to read have read Gawker since pretty much since it started and I think they do some excellent journalism along with the obligatory like side boob level stuff um but uh this is a first amendment issue and obviously whatever you think of Gawker like as journalists we have kind of a self-interest in bolstering the first amendment um as much as we can whenever it makes its way into court um 
but can you kind of explain why this is a First Amendment issue and what does it mean from that angle if the judge and jury kind of rule in favor of Hogan? It's a First Amendment issue because the First Amendment has always historically been tested. I mean, you know, it makes, it stands to reason uh, in issues of extreme obscenity and vulgarity. Like this is when people are going to, um, you know, really take take these things to the mat. Like one of the most famous ones, Hustler Magazine versus Falwell was about um, an advertisement, uh, like a fake advertisement, like an Onion style advertisement about um, Falwell having lost his virginity to his mother in an outhouse. Mm-hmm. So it's like extremely, giantly vulgar, you know, and this went right. all the way to the Supreme Court. And I mean, the arch conservative judge of all time, William Rehnquist, said, look, this is offensive, but we can't allow juries to be deciding what is offensive or isn't offensive. We can't mm-hmm. give control of what people can say. You know, uh, we can't sort of relinquish our freedom. And and what this actually is, is a, it's a question of politics, you know, because like time was that when uh, powerful people had political enemies, they could see them jailed, you know. It, mm-hmm. So really, the the bedrock principle is everyone needs to be able to say what's on his mind within the parameters of existing laws about privacy and fairness and all the, all the other laws that we have to protect people's individual interests. So there's always this sort of balance of the public's right to know, the press's right to speak, you know, the, the political freedom to speak, and then, you know, on the, on the other hand, we've got this whole technological explosion where... You know, now you can just show a video of somebody. It gets all over the earth in a matter of seconds. So there's there's panic ar- around that at the same time that, like, we still believe in the sort of press freedom angle of it. You see even people in the press a little bit uncomfortable with what's happened in recent years as re- really explicit material just sort of shoots all over the globe in a matter of moments. Right. And on top of that, these cases just kind of setting the baseline for where the how far the freedom of the press extends there are also stories where you know there's real news but it's also obscene like you you could imagine like anthony weiner's uh dick pic twitter Mm -hmm. dm fail you know you could imagine like if obscenity could be propped up as a, a reason to say like not to run that story which was important because you know, he's a major political figure and he's asking people to trust him with all sorts of things. And then in his private life, he was sort of this other person. Yeah. Well, also, there's a question of deceit. You know, somebody is presenting for you in public this way of thinking about him that if it's not true, that is in the public interest to know. I mean, it's not just a question of like, I mean, obviously, Anthony Weiner's a perfect example of that. But it happens like in this case, for example, you know, um, the Gawker lawyers are arguing that Hulk Hogan himself made his sex life a matter of public interest by going on, for example, um, the Howard Stern show and talking about it really explicitly mm-hmm. and and then, you know, coming out later and lying about his representations on earlier 
Howard Stern broadcasts. So this is a person who is like demonstrably untruthful about this and yet is trying to use the courts to seek redress about something that you know may or may not be true. So this is a really super, super legitimate questions even though it seems really clown car. Mm-hmm, right. Um, so, but what about, uh, like you mentioned this um, kind of explosion of compromising photo and video permutations of the sex tape for, you know, people at all levels of celebrity. One of the counter arguments against this case uh, against Gawker's side is that this could provide some protection for people who engage in revenge porn and release um, photos or video of people, other people without their consent, where like twistedly, you know, the person leaking it actually owns the copyright. Um, what's the uh, what's the issue there, and how could this trial end up uh, affecting the way we litigate revenge porn? I think the the conversation is really healthy, and we should be having it. But at the same time, I think the connection that's being made here is not correct because. Um, we have, we need revenge porn laws and we need to have that conversation. But there are 18 states right now that have revenge porn laws. The state explicitly, you know, make it, make it a criminal offense to publish explicit sexual materials about any other person without that person's consent. In Florida, in fact, that uh, was signed very recently into law. So, like, it's a, it's a misdemeanor, but it's punishable by up to a year in prison, I think. So you put up somebody's naked pictures in Florida right now, you are going to go to jail unless you have that person's consent. And that is how, like, the, you know, the correct separation of, um, you know, a way to balance, like, sort of privacy rights against the rights of the press that makes sense. So, I mean, I think it's a conversation we need to have, but I think it's really ridiculous to uh, say that, that this is a revenge porn case, this particular case. Yeah. And one point you made in one of the stories that you wrote for Motherboard about this was that uh, Heather Cole, um, formerly Heather Clem, the woman who Hulk is having sex with in the video, could have a revenge porn claim herself. And she was actually one of the people being sued by Hogan. Yeah, um, the original suit was filed against Bubba the Love Sponge Clem and Heather Clem, who were then married. Um, at the time, they were married at the time the tape was made. They were divorced maybe like eight months, I think, before their original lawsuit was filed. So the implication was that the Hogan camp was accusing Bubba and Heather Clem of having leaked the tape. You know, they they made the tape. Bubba Clem admitted that he made it, that his house was wired for surveillance or whatever, and that was where the tape came from. And, you know, for the two of them to be named suggested, to me anyway, that, you know, they were suspected of having had a hand in Gawker's eventual receipt of the tape. Recently, Heather Clem was removed from the suit, and I heard from Hogan's publicist that he had settled his claim against her. What that means, we don't know, and the terms of the settlement are unlikely to be made public. But... At this point, there's no suspect, to my knowledge. Um, you know, who was it who leaked this tape to Gawker? And the other party in the tape is Heather Clem. She is equally revealed as much as Hogan is. He never talks about her as a victim of it, and nobody ever seems to talk about her as a victim of it. But her privacy is equally invaded 
in the tape. So I was really interested to find out what she'll have to say about this after all, although I suspect that the terms of the settlement, if any, are going to you know, prohibit her from talking. And you know, I've emailed her and received no reply. And there's a, there's a lot that could still come out, like whether there was somebody else in the room who we don't know about, and there are these other tapes that the FBI has. What's going on with all of that material? There are three tapes described in court filings, and the first one looks very much like the original 30-minute tape as it was described by A.J. Delario in Gawker in 2012, because it states that there was somebody talking you know, maybe in the room at the beginning who leaves one minute in. And that's the exact description that he gave. So then there's two other tapes in addition to that one. One of them says that there's someone, a third party, talking throughout the tape. The third one seems to indicate that there's someone else in the room. So, you know, throughout, like intermittently, throughout, which is really interesting because it would sort of tend, I think, to strengthen the impression that Hulk Hogan, contrary to what he said in court so far, knew that he was being filmed. So besides all of the First Amendment stuff and also the revenge porn stuff, this case is just like intrinsically entertaining. Like you have a great entertainer. I mean, both both sides are really skilled at entertainment, I would say. Yeah, this is like a guy who's been in the public eye for four decades almost. He's very well aware of what he's doing and the impression that he's making in the public eye. So you have Hulk Hogan, this former professional wrestler. He's just like an aggressively over-the-top character versus Gawker, um, which is this like very tabloidy internet rag. And the story is just like so fun for for lack of a better word and i think you you mentioned that the judge has already said like all right let's let's not let this be a carnival let's <laughs> all let's all keep our keep ourselves in check decorum right right <laughs> yeah what are you looking forward to in uh covering the case a carnival most definitely <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much for um, joining us to explain all of this stuff. Uh, before we let you go, what's what's next? So we're waiting to find out what the date of the trial is? Yeah, the, um, it will go back to the circuit court who will have to find a place for it on her docket, you know, given like the instructions she's been given from the appeals court. Um, I think... That'll be next. And then, you know, basically it's we all have to read a mazillion court filings and uh, the Gawker team will review everything that they can get from that trove of FBI evidence. And I mean, like the lawyer for Gawker mentioned to me in an email during one of the questions that I was asking her, she's like, there's a there's a lot of baseball left to play here. Oh, boy. (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) I don't think she's probably slept. I don't think any of those people has slept in the last two months, like, at all. Is there any chance at this point that Gawker will settle with Hogan? I think it appears unlikely now that they have access to those FBI documents because the the information that's emerged in recent weeks, this is a guess completely, understand, but, I mean, it seems to me that They've had, they had some setbacks, you know, in in this 
in the circuit court, but like now things are starting to look like they're going their way and they they could get a lot more out of being vindicated, having invested all this time and energy and money in the trial, I would think it would benefit them to see it through and be vindicated if that's what they think is going to happen. And they definitely seem very confident uh, the law is on their side. Great. Well, I look forward to seeing how this unfolds and hope that it's sooner rather than later. Yeah, you and me both. Thank you so much, Adrian. <laughs> Thanks, Marianne. I'm Adrian Jeffries. I'm Jason Kebler, and we've got Tommy Craggs here. Hi. Tommy, who are you? I am the executive editor of Gawker Media. Awesome. Yeah, that must be really fun. Thank we you are for doing this us. on July 3rd, and it's very wonderful outside, and we're in a dark, freezing cold room. Tommy, would you rather be here talking about lawsuits or on a beach somewhere? Well, our, our subject for today is the chilling effect. Uh, so it, it seems appropriate. Perfect. Yeah, so um, Gawker right now is kind of embroiled in a lawsuit against Hulk Hogan, or rather Hulk Hogan is suing Gawker for $100 million based on the publishing of a sex tape from a few years ago. Um, Gawker posted an edited version of this sex tape that Hulk Hogan said he did not consent to having the, himself filmed. And Let's back up just yes, a little okay. bit. What is Gawker? What's uh, a Gawker? What yeah. What is a Gawker? Are we talking about Gawker Media or Gawker.com? Both. Uh, Gawker Media is a family of websites. Um, cool. Among them, Gawker.com, Deadspin, Jezebel, Gizmodo, Lifehacker, Jalopnik, io9. Um, did I cover all of them? I think I did. Sounds like it. That's all of them. There's a lot. I don't know. There's like a... A lot of kinjas now. Yeah, and then within within those sites, there are a whole host of subsites um, that are um, related to their parent sites. And what type of websites are we talking about? Like, are these uh, what's well, on these websites? We, we t- are these professionals writing these things on these websites? Uh, these are professionals. They are paid um, real wages, not monopoly money. Um, and we internally we talk about the sites um, as gossip sites and geek sites. So. Deadspin, Gawker, and Jezebel would fall under the gossip site category. Uh, Gizmodo, Lifehacker, Kotaku, Jalopnik, those are the geek sites. So it's a, so it's a, it's a gossip rag. I would say, I would, I, I embrace um, the category of tabloid. I've said uh, that we are at heart a tabloid. Um, Gawker in particular, Gawker, Deadspin, and Jezebel in particular, are more or less tabloids and operate according to tabloid philosophy. Um, What does that mean exactly? uh, That means, um, it can mean any number of things, um, and I understand that that carries um, some negative baggage, uh, but I think it also means um, embracing um, sort of the scuzzier side of, News and news gathering and not worrying so much about the, the methods of obtaining news and more about the, the news itself. Um, it's uh, ultimately the, your, our allegiance is to the story and to the readers um, and 
whatever methods are required to bring a story of compelling interest, a true and interesting story to the readers. Um, we will we will go to any links to do that, um, and occasionally to links that are deemed unethical by um, you know other other people in the journalism world um, and people outside of the journalism world. Right. So some people would say that includes like the publication of this sex tape, which I think was given to Gawker by an anonymous source. Is that right? Yeah. Or like paying for an iPhone that was discovered in a bar. Right. Yeah. So I'm not sure if this is the motto anymore, but it used to be today's gossip is tomorrow's news. Yeah, we cycle through mottos like nothing else. I mean, the, <laughs> okay. the, big, the big folly with the company is to probably just ignore the motto of whatever. I like motto. that one. Uh, but that's, I mean, that, that when works. When I was at the New York Observer, they had changed the motto from nothing sacred but the truth, which is awesome, to money, power, and the city. Yeah, That's I prefer really I prefer the first one. Yeah, they changed it back. Um, I should say, actually, we, we have been referring to this as a sex tape. Um, and I do think the terms are somewhat important here, and this isn't just spin. Uh, what we published was um, um, a minute and 40 seconds. Right, it was of which, edited. Of which, uh, according to our legal filings, there was nine seconds of actual sex. Um, Interesting. I think if you actually watch it, it's more like five. Um <laughs> And it's very blurry, grainy. This isn't like slick, right. slickly produced um, sex, a sl- slickly produced sex video or anything like that. Right. Um, so the video, this was all back in October of 2012. And I remember the video coming out and uh, AJ Delario, who was, what was his title at the time? He was the editor-in-chief of Gawker. The, okay. So you he were was running Deadspin at the time, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. Did Deadspin have an interest in that story? Is professional wrestling a, um, a Deadspin area? The the funny thing about that is that the from what I understand um, that tape probably should have gone to Deadspin in okay. the first place, and I, mm-hmm. I I'm I hesitate You're to get still into, burned about this. Uh, I'm actually you. not. Uh, <laughs> that could have been you going to Florida um, being court. AJ and AJ told me this just the other day that he was uh, he was a little pissed at Deadspin because we had run something that he thought. Uh, Gawker was going to get. So he just claimed this story for himself. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm, I can live with that. Uh, if at the time, um, if I had known that, I probably would have been a lot angrier. Uh, but I would prefer not to be on the stand in, yeah. in Florida. So AJ is named in the suit. I think the defendants are Gawker, AJ Delario, and Nick Denton. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so this was back in 2012. Jason, do you remember when this tape came out? I mean, sorry, highlights reel. I was and am a fervent Gawker media reader, and I remember it came out, and it was certainly a big deal, but it didn't strike me as being any different than, say, like, seeing photos of Brett Favre's penis or, like, the Rob Ford crack story, which are some of these, um, you know, tabloidy news scoops that make huge news all throughout, you know, the general media as well, but are maybe obtained a little bit in that scuzzy fashion you were mentioning. So uh, it didn't strike me as anything, like, different. It it always struck me as something that Gawker would publish. Yeah, and and as far as, you know, I I mentioned the scuzzier side of things, um, this, you know, we didn't pay for this. We didn't um, conspire to tape anything. This was was sent to us anonymously. and this is actually, uh, in terms of the news gathering process, this was a, uh, 
this was a clean um, bit of reporting, a clean yeah. bit of journalism. And um, I think we still don't know, at least the public still doesn't know who it was. Um, and uh, I don't... I don't. I don't either. Was it one of Hulk Hogan's rival wrestling <laughs> foes? So, so it was very nice of Tommy to join us, but um, understandably, this is ongoing litigation. So, you're gonna not be able to answer. That must be weird for you, though, because Gawker is notoriously transparent about everything. I mean, your internal memos get leaked immediately. Um, like you guys have a meeting, and it's immediately written up somewhere. And it seems as though. You know, obviously there's probably more going on in the inside, but from an outsider's perspective, you can learn a lot about the editorial process of Gawker. And is it frustrating for you to not be able to, you know, speak to some of these questions when yeah. you've had like that, that sort of culture? Um, absolutely. And this is, um, it's, it's, I hate that I'm going to have to sort of think through my answer as I'm giving it now and make sure I don't say anything that's going to get me in trouble. Um, it is um, absolutely crazy making because. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The company is sort of founded on this idea of, uh, you know, as we like to say, radical transparency. Um, and I think it's, it's, a healthy, it's a healthy thing for any company. I think it's a healthy thing for a company... Uh, for a media company in particular, like ours. Um, and internally and externally, we prize ourselves on, um, we pride ourselves on being frank, um, to occasionally to a self-destructive degree. You know, we recently went through a union, uh, union drive, and there was a big open thread where the writers got to um, talk about how they were planning on voting, and, and sort of they got to argue um, about unionizing in the the comments of a post on Gawker, and yeah, and I think externally it looked people must have thought, oh, this is this is a shit show, like this this company is in turmoil. And I know like a lot of sites sort of ran with that story that like Gawker in disarray. Um, but if you know the company at all, and if you know the people there, this was actually um, this was actually a really healthy moment. People were um, like, this is where the company's kind of um, foundational philosophy finally asserted itself. We are going to be transparent about this and talk things out in the open. And I knew from that point on that things were going to go relatively smoothly. Um, and so when it comes to, to Hogan, um, the, the issue is sort of compounded because this is such a great story. Um, beyond the original story, what's happened uh, in the case, the threat, the very live threat to the First Amendment here, um, some of the um, the things that have happened uh, in the legal case since it began, uh, these are this is exactly the sort of story that Gawker was built to cover and cover aggressively and ferociously, and we've been for the most part we've been silent, um, and that is that is for a reason. Um, you know, anything I say here could very easily wind up. Um, part of the case. This, this sentence I'm speaking right now could wind up, uh, you know, 
in a in a file somewhere. Um, but now, <laughs> um, can we very quickly set up the stakes here because we we've talked about the trial, but like what is at stake here? What what are you being sued for? And you know what happens if you lose? Um, the uh, he's suing on uh, five counts. The Invasion of privacy is probably the most significant one. Um, and uh, again, this is one of those areas where I, I uh, prefer to let our, our lawyers do the talking and let our filings do the talking. Um, and I don't want to get into a specific defense here, but um, the idea that a uh, celebrity could demand from the court's uh, line item veto on how his, his life um, gets covered in the press, it should be um, disconcerting to any member of the media, anybody, even someone who has no interest in sex videos or Hulk Hogan. Um, he is asking the courts to uh, intrude on the discretion that they've long extended to journalists to decide for themselves what is and isn't news. Um, and this case is unprecedented. Uh, these cases don't go to trial. Um, they, uh, they're, they're actually, in some ways, they're, they're two First Amendments. There's the one we all learn about in school and we defend um, righteously. And then there's the, one, the, the operational First Amendment, which has been chipped away at by um, legal cases that get settled all the time against media companies. And you don't hear about these cases. They don't really make the news. The, settle, the terms of the settlement aren't disclosed. Uh, but um, steadily, the... The uh, First Amendment has been chipped away at by these by these settlements, um, and so this is a, the rare case of um, you know uh, something like this actually going to trial, going in front of jurors, and the prospect of six jurors deciding um, what is and isn't news and uh, how that news should be presented uh, is um, I mean as a journalist it's terrifying to me, and I think it like I said it should be terrifying to anyone, even in the people who don't care about sex tapes. Uh, so yeah, so those are the stakes right. as I see them, at least. Yes. And you know, and even Hogan if you is win this for and say win a victory for the First Amendment, it's obviously been a years-long process. You've spent many, many millions of dollars. Uh, I don't know how many millions of dollars litigating it so far, right? Yes. And and so sorry. And even I was just going to say, just to get those damages or what you spent back, maybe you don't. Um, you know, maybe a smaller media company couldn't even afford to go through this process and would die, you know, just trying to, to litigate it, right? Yeah. So. Sorry. I was just going to say just a couple things to note. This case went before a federal judge and who ruled in favor of Gawker, right? Yeah. Um, so now it's going to state court in Florida, and there is the chance to appeal after whatever this ruling yeah, is. Yeah, and the, the appellate court has um, ruled in our favor several times. There was um, the, the judge in the case issued a temporary injunction ordering us to remove both the video and the story, which is why you can't find the video um, anymore. We agreed. You, we pulled you can the find video, it. Well, on uh, gawker.com. <laughs> um, the, the video is no longer there. We pulled it, but we left the story up um, and... Uh, I guess, in defiance of, of the order, uh, the appellate this court... This is from the judge in Florida? Yes, yeah, this is from the circuit okay. court judge. The appellate court um, agreed with us and said that this was, um, you know, this was an unconstitutional act of prior restraint. Um, uh, so right now, 
all that remains of the original post is the the story itself. Um, we took down the video. I don't, this is probably a bad thing to say, but for for tactical reasons. Um, but the mm. story itself is still up. Um, I mean, it, it, that alone, the fact that a judge asked us to take down uh, not only the video but the story surrounding it. Um, right. It was. Um, I mean, I unusual. I, um, I'm going to look up AJ's story here and read a little excerpt of it. Okay. Um, but there's also another issue that's been raised outside of the First Amendment, most notably by Cash Hill at Fusion, who wrote, you know, uh, that this could be considered precedent for how to deal with revenge porn, which is becoming an increasing problem, like at hyperspeed. What, uh, I think everybody at Gawker really disliked that article. What, can you talk about that a little bit? Um, well, uh, the, the phrase revenge porn has taken on, uh, sort of talismanic properties and, um, even just invoking the phrase ensures that people, um, start to lose their minds a little and, and the particulars of the issue at hand are occluded, um, this case is not about revenge porn. Um, this is neither about revenge nor about porn. Uh, the, uh, the excerpts, uh, the video excerpts that we ran aren't um, plausible um, pornography or don't constitute plausible yeah, pornography. I don't think so. um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough argument to yeah. make. What is porn? Porn is um, what you want it to be. But I bet some the, people thought that thing was really hot. Yeah. The um the and certainly the revenge aspect of this um there's no we, Gawker itself has no axe to grind against Hulk Hogan. We didn't publish those. Um, well, perhaps the argument is whoever leaked the story may have some sort of axe to grind against um, him. Yeah, and there's no there's yeah, absolutely. It's not just Hogan in the video. It's also Heather Quinn, now Heather Cole. There's divorced from her. There's no evidence that um that the original leak was uh, some sort of act of vengeance either. Uh, so this was, um, you know, I, I'm a little baffled at how revenge porn became part of the, the angle here. Um, I understand this is, this is a concern and um, the issue of how to balance, um, you know, uh, concerns about revenge porn and the First Amendment, um, that's, that is a legitimate line of inquiry and it's kind of a fascinating question um i don't think this is the case to hang that argument on um and yeah i don't i um i don't even really know where to begin with that argument because it's it's so inapplicable here yeah i mean it, it does feel like the more i don't want to say important but the more applicable argument here is the first amendment one um i guess revenge porn laws are kind of necessarily uh, linked to the First Amendment, but this certainly does feel like a, if you guys lose, like, where do you draw the line? And can anyone sue anyone for anything? And perhaps if they get in front of the right jury, win a massive settlement. Um, and, and in any case, even in the context of revenge porn, um, I think even the people who do push for um, stronger revenge porn laws, um, acknowledge that there is, um, that you have to carve out an exemption for, um, for news and for stories of news value, stories of public concern. Um, 
and this story would certainly fall under that category. People snicker whenever we argue that the the Hulk Hogan, um, you know, Hulk, the excerpts from the Hulk Hogan sex video represent a matter of public concern, but um, public concern is actually defined by the courts um, in a fairly uh, you know, capacious and cosmopolitan way. I think the um, uh, I think the, the the phrase they use is um, information designed to information to educate, enlighten, uh, or amuse, which, uh, you know, under which you can basically, um, include anything. Uh, but certainly the, the, the Hulk post itself falls under at least two of those categories. Um, okay. I, yeah, I have the it. post here, so, um, I'll just read a, a spot from the middle. He stands up on the side of the bed, and the woman scoots up from the pillows and resumes giving the former WWE heavyweight champion of the universe a blowjob. It is a slow, dutiful blowjob, and Hulk is thrusting himself into her mouth to speed up the process. This goes on for a few minutes, and at one point Hulk examines the canopy bed curtains in a way that suggests he'd like to purchase this particular style for his own canopy bed someday. She takes a break. She spits loudly. She resumes for a few seconds, but it appears the spit has worked because Hulk mutters something in a growly sex voice. The woman removes him from her mouth and spins around on the bed like an excited puppy. She stands, they grope each other and stare at each other. What did you say, she says, laughing and tying up her hair in a ponytail. Then they both laugh because there was a miscommunication during the sex act and they don't want to feel awkward. Do you think that AJ Delario's blog post is more pornographic than the tape itself? That was that was pretty hot, no? <laughs> um, I have no comment on that. <laughs> so it's it's and kind keep of in mind he's describing the full video. That's not describing the video that was actually included with the post. Okay. Um, so I want to ask a question that m maybe you can't answer, but I'm wondering: um, was there a lot of like back and forth on how to word this post? Um, or was it something that you kind of got and, and put up and yeah, was it just like AJ got it and he was like, I know how I want to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think there was much back and forth and AJ has, um, the, the best instincts of any journalist I've ever worked with. Um, and I'm, I don't, I wasn't privy to the actual, um, sort of editorial process here. I know, I think it's a, a matter of record that he, that he didn't go to Nick Denton. I think he mentioned that he had this, um, mentioned that he had this to Nick, uh, and I believe talked to the lawyers, uh, but um, Nick didn't actually read the post. I don't think he read the post until um, we had gotten sued. Um, so the, yeah, this was, I'm, I'm pretty sure this was, ex this post ran uh, more or less as AJ conceived of it. Uh, and I think it was AJ's idea to edit the video um, so it would just show um, you know, the, Hogan's legal team has made a lot of hay out of calling this um, a highlight reel, um, thinking that this is, you know... The raunchiest parts. Right, yeah, which isn't the case at all. In fact, it was edited to show uh, the most mundane and sort of boring and conventional and sort of awkward parts. Um, Hulk Hogan saying, you know, he had just... Uh, he'd eaten like a pig and he felt sort of gross. Uh, just he had sashimi. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, I didn't know pigs ate sashimi. <laughs> the, uh, so the, the actual sex is there to establish that this is indeed from a sex video. Um, 
but by and large, uh, the video just includes the sort of um, awkward interactions of um, you know, surrounding the actual sex acts. So I know we make calls on stuff like this all the time. How with Gawker's philosophy of being tabloidy, how often are you guys talking about like is this is this going too far? Um, yeah, I mean, despite our our free freewheeling reputations, um, <laughs> we do make calls like that all the time, uh, and sometimes we err on the conservative side in ways that uh, down the road I, I regret or the editors themselves, the site editors themselves regret. Um, there, um, re, you know, there's no overriding, you know, we don't have a, a, a handbook that people can fall back on uh, that helps them make a call. Uh, it's all situational. Um, it's uh, based on the quality of the story. In this case, you know, Hulk himself had talked about the sex tape, the existence of the sex tape, um, was a news story covered by publications all over the world. Um, you know, the fact that we finally got it and could publish it, uh, excerpts from it was itself a significant, that was of significant news value. So this wasn't, um, this wasn't a tough consideration at all. Um, there, there are certainly much more difficult ones. So, uh Another kind of hypothetical question. If you came in, if you got this sex tape t tomorrow, um, would you, I guess, would you run it? And kind of looking back, is there a different way that you think this may have been, should have been presented? Or is this just kind of like another run of the mill story and you kind of, you know, Hulk Hogan is just litigious? Um, are you asking if I'd known this would get us into this incredible legal briar patch, would we have done this? No, no. Um, I suppose looking back at the post now, knowing that you're going through all this sort of things, are there things that you kind of wish you had covered your bases on a little bit better? Or are there, you know, layers of vetting that you wish had kind of happened there? Maybe yeah, not. It was, it was Nick Denton like, why didn't you tell me about this no, more? No, not, not at all. Um, on the, I thought this, I actually think um, the story itself is great and hilarious and funny and actually insightful. And uh, I'll probably get in trouble for saying this, but there are, there are posts about sex tapes on the site that are um, <laughs> terrible. And, Lame. Yeah, and that I, I wouldn't actually defend except in court. Um, this one... Uh, my only regret wasn't in the post itself that just the the story there um, of sort of the, the history of the sex tape, um, how it came to light, who had been talking about it, um, that there hadn't been a separate story sort of um, explaining the background there and explaining why this was actually a, a compelling news story. I think the, the video itself and AJ's description of it um, are totally worthwhile. They are, they are funny. Um, and I'm, I have no problem with that post as is. I would, I wish there had been another one uh, kind of laying out um, sort of the news to that point and why, you know, why this video was of such compelling interest to so many people. I was kind of curious about how the commenters reacted, um, which you should answer, but I just landed on this one randomly. This person asks, what I want to know is how long did the actual sex part last? 
And AJ dropped into the comments to answer, Hi there. He lasted long enough. I'd say about nine and a half minutes. That duration plus generous foreplay appeared sufficient. Everybody's awesome. <laughs> I mean, AJ, AJ, I don't think um, his enthusiasm for uh, the, the story here was not faked at all. I think he, he found this to be um, just a really compelling story. Uh, and the video offered a, a rare chance to... Um, tell this story uh so i that he wasn't um i don't think he's faking it down in the comments what about the reaction from other readers what was most of the were people you know intrigued because it was sexy did people like seem to get the thesis that like celebrity life is mundane and sex is mundane and blowjobs are boring and everything else that aj was trying to and does the reaction matter legally like you know the fact that someone was asking more details about this video almost, you know, makes it seem very much newsworthy. Um, I, I actually, I can't really answer that because I, I wasn't, I wasn't a gawker, so I didn't really see the reaction. Um, I get this, I get the sense from looking over the post that, um, people were sort of on board with it and were curious about it. Um, I, as for the legal aspect, I, probably shouldn't talk about that at all um but I, I will say this this interest had been peaked already um in this video and the readers that people knew that there was a sex tape out there um hulk himself had talked about it uh on many occasions uh so readers were primed um for something here um and there was interest before we had published anything how much uh, of your time is this taking right now? Because obviously you are running like one of the largest media companies in New York and this must be quite frustrating. Um, it's certainly not taking up as much of my time as it is of um, certainly our outside counsel and definitely our, our president, um, Heather Dietrich, who has been doing, she's also our, our general counsel. Um, she's been doing yeoman's work um, and sort of heroic work on this. Um, from my end, I can tell you, uh, we spent the past few weeks trying to figure out how to cover this, um, you know, how to cover it internally uh, and even how to talk about it internally because this isn't an easy thing to talk about. And, um, there is a real existential threat that we also don't want to overstate and freak people out and make people too cautious in how they go about doing their jobs. Um, so, uh, I couldn't put a, a, a figure on it, but, um, it will say over, over the last couple of weeks, we, we wrote a couple of weeks ago, we wrote, um, an, a sort of FAQ, uh, that was supposed to run before the trial started. And that went through, um, that had to go through two layers of lawyer, uh, review and our outside counsel, um, wasn't happy that we were even thinking about publishing this, and um, they were they were of the mind that the the less we say about it internally, the better. Um, and there's been usually the attitude. Yeah, I think the amount of that you guys are talking about is already a lot more than most companies, media or not, would do. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that. Um, are your lawyers like constantly angry at you because you are so transparent, <laughs> open, and like? I don't know. I, I you probably work with awesome lawyers if they are willing to deal with like 
cases like this and you are kind of out in the media and everyone's talking about it and you're so transparent about everything, is this like fun for them to see like, oh, like what, what am I going to have to defend myself against next? I mean, is that their kind of personality or are they just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like this is making my job so much harder. Uh, they are much more, in fact, what the fuck are you doing is almost <laughs> verbatim uh, what the outside council told us. Uh, internally, um, the we have great lawyers who understand um, you know, that we are neurotic about our need to, to be transparent and to talk about things, and, you know, even if they involve us, even if it's a little bit awkward. Uh, our outside counsel, who are some of the great, some of the best First Amendment lawyers in the country, um, they, they sort of, uh, they've been very understanding uh, and they understand the need for us to cover this story. And I think... Um, you know, ultimately, they 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 leave it to us to decide. But I did have a couple conversations with them about um, about this FAQ that we were working on, and um, it was. <laughs> I don't think I'm revealing too much to say that they were they were a- pretty angry about it, um, and there was a lot of finger wagging. Uh, and I can understand that. Uh, you know, when everything we say winds up in a file somewhere, um, and you know where some impolitic quote could conceivably turn a $2 million loss into a $20 million loss. Uh, like we, we do have to be cautious and I probably already said too much, uh, in the course of this interview, but, uh, we also have, we also have jobs to do. Um, this is a really big story and a good story and, uh, we would be sort of derelict in our duty if we didn't cover this in some way. Um, the FAQ hasn't run, and it probably won't until we get closer to the trial, um, which is looking like it'll be in the late fall. Um, but like, I guarantee you, it'll be there will be another series of conversations over this, um, and every sentence will be read several times, um, and every little fact will be flagged, uh, every phrase will be flagged, um, and it's uh, it's not. Um, it's not what any anybody at Gawker is used to, um, but we we acknowledge that there are there are tactical realities here. Well, we'll have to bring you back in when the case actually goes to trial. Yeah, yeah. I find this highly fun, but maybe it's not so fun for you to have this eight second delay and think about every word you say. So should we talk about something a little more? How's Gawker? Yeah, what's going on? How about that guacamole with peas in it? Uh, did, I guess we only we. Did you guys write about that? We, the food spin, the food writer at Deadspin wrote something about it. Um, I think it we looked wanted, good. We wanted to stay out of that conversa- conversation. That seemed that seemed <laughs> like, um, I don't it's know. It's a little basic. That's one of the more annoying things I've seen on Twitter lately, and everything on Twitter is annoying, and I was just like, all right, I don't, I don't need this. Right well, there was, a, there was a lot of performance there. Right. Yeah. Uh, this is like, this is my idea for my podcast that I want to do with... Um, my friend Michael Zelenko, who's features editor at The Verge, we wanted to do a story about the stuff that we deliberately ignore on Twitter until it becomes so pervasive that you just can't help but learning about it. Yes. It's like, you know, the song Call Me Maybe for a long time. I was successfully avoiding that song. I would read, like, parody lyrics. I sort of had an idea of what it was like because it was showing up everywhere online. And then I was in the grocery store one day, and bam, I was like, I know, this is it. <laughs> my, my streak is over. Yeah. Anyway, so the podcast is called tentatively 
phobia for fear of being involved. <laughs> Why we'll don't do we just like, do that here? We'll Why do are like you a, giving... a segment <laughs> where we look at Twitter trends and like try to guess what they are. They're always about sports. Yeah. Well, I, I, feel, that way, that, I feel that way about Suey Park, actually. <laughs> this, this is something I wanted to avoid until it was, it was unavoidable. I don't know what Su- I don't know what Sui Park is. Was where was I? Uh, she she's a, a a Twitter activist. Oh, I this know. This was I know, the know. Stephen Colbert thing. Yeah, yeah, the cancel Colbert. Yeah, I remember. Cancel okay, Colbert. Yes, never mind. Let's All right, let's see what the trending. That. Let's see what the yeah. trending topics are. Right it's like third of July Twitter though, so it, it's hopefully like pictures <clears> of the beach <throat> and stuff. Okay, but it's surely not. hashtag single because that's like a Twitter joke. Whatever. Hashtag double vision three weeks. These are like trending nationally things, so this isn't like annoying New York media Twitter. That's true. I don't know how to get to New York on my phone. I'm a tech reporter. Yeah. All right, Tommy, thank you so much for coming. Thank let's you, Tommy. Let's go barbecue, yeah? Yeah, let's do it. Right. Happy 4th, everyone. So that was Radio Motherboard Does Gawker versus Hulk Hogan. We hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much, and tune in again next week.